This is an ABC podcast. So, Tegan, you've got something really important to tell the audience today. Oh, yeah, I was a very brave girl this morning. Norman, thanks for asking. I, I got my fifth dose of COVID vaccine today. And you're feeling great so far? Yeah, feeling really good so far. The last couple knocked me around a little bit, but um, I've also had COVID and I know which one's worse. So, yeah, vax me, baby. <laughs> and vax everybody else. Exactly. Well, let's do CoronaCast, a show all about the coronavirus and sometimes other viral nasties as well. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor on Jagger and Turable Land. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan on Gadigal Land. It's Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. And Norman, I know we've been doing this show for a while now, uh, for hundreds of episodes, in fact, but our beautiful audience keep on writing to us. And someone's written in with a question that I think I'd like to put to you. Hi, Tegan and Norman. Is there a big wave on? Suddenly lots of people I know have COVID or are having to work or fill in for someone who has it. And it seems especially concentrated in Sydney at the moment. This person also says the changes in testing rules aren't helping monitor it either, I suspect. Is there a wave on? Well, the people I'm talking to say there's a rise in cases. In fact, there is a rise in cases. So if you look at New South Wales and Victoria, about 10% rise thereabouts in cases. Hospital cases starting to go up. Queensland, as Queensland usually is, as you well know, Tegan, being a Queenslander, um, it's showing a decline in cases, but we've had, we've experienced You're calling that. us behind the times. I, I well, know you, you are saying. behind the times because, in fact, what we've noticed with Queensland before, it might show that one week, but the next week you see the rise uh, predictably. Uh, West Australia is going up a little bit as well. So this is probably another wave on the go. Unlikely to achieve a rapid high peak like we've seen before. This is going to be, if it's like the previous... Um, one over Christmas, this is going to be a low rise, a low peak, but could go on for a while. And as we've said on Chronicast before, that could mean that a lot of people are infected over time. And anecdotally, that's what people are saying in, in Victoria, in Tasmania and in New South Wales in particular, the anecdotes of people coming down with COVID abound. So when the government said, yes, you can have a 2023 booster, that's what they're calling it, that sort of came online at the end of Feb, does this mean that they kind of got the timing right in terms of when people are getting boosted? Well, I think that that was just when the booster was becoming available and when they had the decision. The interesting thing is when you look at the sub-variants that are responsible for this, and they're, uh, I don't know about Western Australia or Queensland, but if you look at Victoria and New South Wales, they're remarkably similar. The commonest sub-variant is one called XBB 1.5, and that's 32% of cases, about 31.9% of cases. Just don't get too bogged down. That's one of the ones that was coming out of the US earlier in the piece. We, we hadn't seen a lot of it here, but it's, it's here now, yeah? Yeah, the so-called New York variant. There's another one called CH1.1, which is about 20%. Now, what's really interesting is if you look at the spread of other variants, like the ones we were talking about last year, BA4, BA5, less than 1% of all infections. So they were the dominant ones, and they've been pushed aside by these new sub-variants coming in. And there is a mutation on the, sorry to get a little technical, on the XBB, which they're concerned about. There's a lot of debate about amongst the people who know about viral evolution. It may be more immunovasive and also may be more sticky in, onto the lungs through this ACE2 receptor, the lock and key mechanism by which it gets in. So this this is how this virus evolves. 
And interestingly, some of it may not be from travellers. There's uh, what's going on internationally is what we would call convergent evolution. This is why there are marsupials in South America. When you've got the same environment, evolution tends to go in the same direction. And what's happening internationally is with vaccines and previous infections and the spread of the infection, the virus is actually responding remarkably similarly around the world. So you're getting similar evolution in the virus around the world. So it's more immunovasive because we're putting different pressures on it. Do we know anything about whether it causes worse disease? It doesn't seem to at the moment, early days. Hospitalizations are going up a bit. Remember, this is not a mild virus. It's probably around the same, maybe a little bit milder than the Wuhan virus. It's just not as severe as the Delta version of the virus. And it's quite capable of killing people. Four million cases, New South Wales alone, 6,500 deaths. That's just New South Wales. So this is not a mild virus, but it's another reason why when there's a, a wave coming, Get your immunisation if you haven't had COVID for six months or you haven't had the vaccine for six months. doesn't matter what number it is, up to five. Get your booster. And the Atagi advice is to get the latest booster. I mean, you're talking about it not being a mild virus, Norman. There was that report out of the US's Centers for Disease Control and uh, Prevention saying just how toxic COVID the virus is. Yes. Um, they haven't been as fulsome about this before. This was actually advice to doctors about writing out death certificates. And I think oh, they're, wo- they're worried about COVID being underemphasized in, on death certificates. And what they were saying to doctors was that the risk of death after COVID does go up and it goes up maybe long after the COVID infection. So if you see a patient who's died and you're writing out a death certificate, COVID might not be at the front of mind because it's been a long time since they had their last COVID infection. And to really ask about that, because there's always the possibility that COVID contributed to, say, their heart attack or stroke. So That's a, kind of what we were saying last week about the Actuaries Institute and the report on excess deaths. Yes, and clearly this is a thing and it's happening and it's happening around the world. And the Centres for Disease Control is concerned to monitor it accurately. Because as we also said last week, there is a problem in death certification. It's not quite as accurate as you think. Mm. So sort of staying with COVID, the virus, and how it's bad news, one of the big worries, of course, is about long COVID. And there's some research that's come out recently sort of trying to figure out who is more at risk or less at risk of long COVID. Are there things you can do to protect yourself? And one study has kind of unsurprisingly found that just having a generally healthy lifestyle seems to make a difference. Yeah, this was a study following 2,000 women um, in 2020 through to November 2021, looking at all sorts of factors and particularly their lifestyle factors. And essentially, the people who had the most healthy lifestyle, in other words, the moderate, good, you know, good diet, regular exercise, adequate sleep, moderate alcohol intake, that reduced their chances of long COVID, which is great news for those who live a healthy lifestyle. And it shows that your general well-being is important. And what goes along with that is actually another study, which is in Lancet Regional Health, which looks at people who've not had heart disease in the past, but have raised coronary risk factors. 
And uh, if you want to know about raised coronary risk factors, you can listen to this week's Health Report podcast because UT can have done an interesting interview on that. But nonetheless, for people who have risk factors for coronary heart disease, they do have increased risks moving forward of a major cardiac event. So it goes along the general health and well-being is really important in terms of your response to COVID. It doesn't protect you entirely, though. Like anecdotally, I'm sure if there's people listening to this going, well, I got long COVID and I've always felt like I've taken really good care of my body. It's not really a comfort to hear that. No. And and the, one of the features of Omicron, particularly for people who are not fully vaccinated, you know, due for a booster, is that it does make you feel really quite ill. It just doesn't necessarily translate in those people to hospitalisation. So, you know, this is to some extent anecdotal, but there is some research to back it up, is that people are getting quite sick, losing time at work, just not sick enough to end up in hospital, which is probably the benefit of previous immunisation. And there is more reporting from the ABC on long COVID. ABC News Daily, our sister, one of our many sister podcasts, has done a look inside Australia's first long COVID clinic. So if you want to know more about what's being done in Australia around long COVID, go to your ABC Listen app and check out that episode of ABC News Daily. It dropped a couple of days ago. Now, we asked coronacasters to do some homework. Yeah, and they never, ever disappoint. So last week we were talking about the <laughs> the lab leak theory, that the idea that perhaps the coronavirus either accidentally or intentionally leaked out of a virology institute in China and that was the source of the pandemic. It's all big speculation. Please don't read into this uh, any more than just us having a, a chat about it. Uh, and I flippantly said something like, people should send us poetry about the lab leak theory. And oh my gosh, Norman, they really, really did. Yeah, but some cheated. Because when they told us they cheated, they asked ChatGBT to write the poem. So here's one of the ChatGBT um, poems. And this is, you know, Robert Burns, you, you, you name it, you know, Wordsworth, I've, I've no idea. <laughs> well, it's in iambic pentameter, so it's basically Shakespeare. Or, or it's limerick. Um, the true origin of COVID is still hard to understand. Amidst the debate and the scientific jargon, we searched for the truth and we hoped for a bargain, a vaccine to end this pandemic once and for all and restore the world to its pre-pandemic call. Norman, did you ever consider a career treading the boards? Never. Yes, you did. Don't lie. (laughs) But I failed the audition. Uh, And okay, here's another one. I think this one was actually written by a human and not a chatbot. Uh, We're packed in these jars like sardines in this lab full of awful machines. Let's escape and pandemic to freedom endemic where no one can mess with our genes. Wow. So romantic. (laughs) Well, we'll leave you with those thoughts, those profound thoughts, either by artificial intelligence or real intelligence. And we'll see you next week. See you then. (laughs) 